Welcome to Chill Howie Chat, the Maryville College podcast. Our guest today is Lisa Soland, adjunct instructor in our theater department. Welcome. Thank you. I want to ask you, how did you get to Maryville College? Boy, that's a long journey. It, how long do you want the answer? Well, I, you know, give us a little bit of your background. You know, your um, your days in college, your, your what you studied and what, you know, you had a passion for. Yes. Well, um, when I was 16, I was in a musical called The Boyfriend, and it went over like gangbusters. And it was in that that experience that really catapulted my entire life as a focus in theater. I decided then that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And it's amazing. I mean, some people have those experiences, but I actually did it. (laughs) It was just so clear to me that that was going to be my life. Um, So when I graduated, I ended up uh, going to Florida State and getting my uh, BFA in acting. And then at that point, I made a decision to accept an apprenticeship from the Burt Reynolds Jupiter Theater, which um, involved master's credit and also... This was the thing that we were all striving for is to get that actor's equity card. And that's the professional card that makes you a professional you know, actress. But uh, so I went there, studied with Burt Reynolds, uh, Charles Nelson Riley, Ricardo Montalbán, Dom DeLuise, uh, anybody that was coming through to do shows there at his theater in Jupiter, Florida, would teach us oh, classes. Wow. But Charles Nelson Riley was my master teacher, and I owe him, Hal Holbrook, uh, Burt Reynolds, um, and my friend William Luce, Broadway playwright Bill, Bill Luce. Uh, I owe those four men pretty much you know, everything. They inspired me, gave me direction, gave me a manner in which I could execute my work. Because in the theater, most people that end up in the theater are individuals that learn by doing. So they have to be able to do it to learn it. And uh, Bert created this great theater, and I spent a year there, got my actor's equity card, and then moved out to Los Angeles, not knowing a soul. Wow. What was that like? (laughs) Well, uh, you know, (laughs) I was younger then, but I'm still a bit of an adventure seeker. but now I understand it. There's maybe a little more wisdom to that adventure seeker. And what's behind that really is just, um, and what I learned in college, is the value of being a lifetime learner. Uh, I think if, if college only taught me that, it was worth every penny. That, you know, every day is an adventure and, it, you know, you can continue to learn. So I still highlight all of my books that I read, which really makes <laughs> my husband crazy. <laughs> so if we get, if we both read a book, I have to buy a separate book because he doesn't like writing. Gotcha. <laughs> but anyway, that that's the real value. And um, so moved out to Los Angeles not knowing anybody, everything I owned, you know, fit in my little Toyota Corolla. And I was a camp counselor when I was 21 at Durango Silver Camps in Durango, Colorado. And I, one of my girls in my cabin, her parents lived in the outskirts of Los Angeles. They let me stay with them. I mean, I hardly knew them. Never met them. It's and all about connections. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I had a place to stay for two weeks, and then I got an apartment. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know anybody. I, I knew Ronnie Graham, who directed me at the Burt Reynolds Theater in Arsenic and Old Lace. And Ronnie invited me on the set of Spaceballs, and that's where I met Mel Brooks wow. and Ronnie and all those people, John Hurt, everybody that was in that cast, Bill uh, 
the uh, comedian. Um, I met all of those that day when I went there. But I, I knew people that I had worked with at Burt's and that I'd gone to school with at Florida State. And actually, those relationships did end up being very valuable to me. But So you have your actor's equity card at this point. But you also, when did you add the playwriting piece into your career and right. your adventures? Well, I'd been out there for a little while. And then a fellow Burt Reynolds apprentice from the year after me, uh, he uh, and I guess a couple of others of us uh, talked Charles Nelson Riley, who lived in Beverly Hills, into teaching there. So he rented a little space called the Chandler Theater in, on Chandler in North Hollywood. And he had a Wednesday class that was made up of his, of his beloved advanced students. And I was in there, and I can't even tell you, celebrities would come through and sit in on our classes. Um, I can't, it's hard for me to think of names quickly, but um, it was remarkable. And Burt Reynolds came in and sat when he was, at the time that Charles was teaching, Burt was uh, doing Evening Shade. Right. And um, so we all knew that. When he came in, you know, we, we were ready for him. And I was doing a scene from the play Nuts. Which, which Barbara Strassand had just bought the rights to do the movie. And uh, we did that scene, and Bert cast me from seeing me. Of course, he knew me from, you know, the year at Bert Reynolds, but he cast me as a nurse in uh, Evening Shade. That's amazing. So that was great. And I, my scene was with Charles Durning. Wow. So, and so I got to meet everybody on that cast. I got to see Hal Holbrook and tell him about all the stories that Charles Nelson Riley used to tell us about, about him. him. Yeah. And then Hal performed his show here. And then I got to see him when he was here oh, at the Clayton. So it came full circle. It came full circle. It was, yeah. Awesome. So your play about Sergeant York, it's actually touring right now? We're still touring. We opened last April 20th in uh, 2018, and um, we opened at in the hub at West Park Baptist Church. They uh, I, The play had received a Tennessee Arts Commission grant, so the grant had supplied some of the money, and then West Park matched it and then agreed to give everything else that we needed for the production. So we actually did the unheard of in this area region of the country. We ran for six weeks. I mean, wow. you don't see yeah. that anywhere. And we did nothing but build audiences. And it, it wasn't about my writing. It was about the man. And for those who are unfamiliar with the story of Sergeant York, will you share a little bit about him? And he's quite a Tennessee hero for those of us who grew up around here and know that. But if you're not familiar with his story. Yes, it's it's a story that has to be retold because uh, this is a real hero. This isn't, um, you know, these people that are momentary heroes today that we find out something about them and then they fail, they fall from grace. But this was a man that had all the three qualities that Maryville College, uh, you know, talks about. Um, he was honest. He was truthful. He was noble. He had courage. Um, amazing man. Uh, Alvin York, he grew up in a small town called Pall Mall, about 100 re residents at the time he was there. And um, he uh, became a Christian at the age of 25, accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And that very incident completely changed. Uh, 
everything. So when World War One came around and all those men were drafted, uh, he was drafted too, but he was he claimed to be a conscientious objector. But the religion that he was in as a Christian uh, did not uh, support that, um, you know, it was up to the individual. And uh, so he had to go and he went and decided um, that he would fight. Um, And what ended up happening was there's a lot of different, um, you know, numbers in this, but basically he he, along with um, eight other men, captured 132 Germans, and he single-handedly killed 28 of them. But he, know, he knew that his participation kept a lot more men from being killed, right. and that's what you know helped him live with those that he did kill. But he returned um, after World War I uh, to great fame. Uh, they, the government lifted him up. He had a ticket tape parade on um, Broadway, New York City. And then um, there was a movie made of his life that was released in July of 1941 uh, called uh, Sergeant York, starring Gary Cooper, who won yes. the Best Actor <laughs> Award. So, yeah, I wrote a play about that, interviewed all the descendants, and oh, wow. they were in complete support of it. It took me two years to write it. Um, received the Tennessee Arts Commission grant, got, uh, just by God's grace, all of this came to be, and it just escalated. People wanted us to come. We started out going to, you know, the veterans' home Mm -hmm. here, Ben Ashley. We performed it at Blunt County Library. You know, we did like a community service type thing. Having received that grant, we felt, and, you know, it was documented in the grant what we were going to do. And then it just kept, uh, it was a snowball, and churches, you know, wanted us to come there. And then the family... Uh, rallied for us to come to New York City. So we rented two vans, loaded them up, had a team of seven. Uh, We normally have a team of 11, but we had the small team, obviously, because of the cost. Drove to New York City and performed the play for about 120 veterans in the, the park Avenue Armory in New York City with the York family sitting in the front row. What was that like for you to go from kind of this inspiration about this man to write this play, knowing the years you put into it with the interviews, and then bringing it to that exciting climax? What was that like? Well, I have to say it's ultimately it's quite humbling because as a writer, I have felt, you know, all along that I've worked hard on every play. And you can't really attach yourself to the degree of success that you have on each play. It's really up to God. Um, I just wrote it as the best that I could. And I, I just, I told my students this morning that Ray Bradbury, you know, the right. science fiction writer, he said it takes 20 years to get any good. So I'm always reminding the younger people, this is not a quick thing. Although I have to tell you, every one of my students are doing awesome. Their plays are so good. And a lot of that training comes from just being in the theater, you know, being around storytelling. Uh, but um, it, it was it was unbelievable. It was really um, it was really God that took it to this. I have to tell you, and also the story of the man. Right. Um, I did execute it uh, in a way that audiences could hear the story and digest it. 
you know, um, I did do that. And that was because of all my experience of writing. But we have received standing ovations for every show. And the one in the armory never stopped. The photographer taking pictures, it went on for over three minutes. And they never sit back down. And I never, I don't know what to do with that. But see, I know that, that it's not me they're applauding. They're applauding the man and also the desire for our nation to return to that. Uh, the noble, the good, the truthful. I think most of us want that. And it's just a tough journey to get back to that. All right. So you've been in L.A. for a while now. You were, you were learning and growing as not only an actor, but also a writer. How in the world did you get from Los Angeles to Maryville College? Yeah. Well, um, the thing about going from an actress to a writer, uh, we see a lot. Sam Shepard, um, David Mamet, a lot of our famous playwrights started out in acting. In fact, acting is where you mostly start out because that's the temptation that pulls you in. But I was in Charles Nelson Riley's class when I started to write my first play. And Samuel French actually published that very play. And it wasn't really the reward of the largest and most reputable play publisher publishing my first work that kept me going. It was the love of what I was doing. I just loved it. Um, so coming to here, it. Um, so I lived out in LA from you know finishing school all the way my entire adult life pursuing a career. And I taught, I headed up the all original playwright workshop for 10 years and I was uh, really trying to help actors that were frustrated in not being able to get work quickly and helping them to have another thing to do so that they were in more control of their career. So, but still, it getting out of L.A. is really like escaping from L.A. It's not easy. It, we all know it costs, if you have the accumulation of goods, which you do at the, at the age that I was, <laughs> and you're married now and you've got twice as much, um, you know, it's going to cost you $10,000 to move. And, you know, I don't know, not many people want to spend that money. So we were looking for a way to move out of there. And um, then my husband was offered a... Um, um, a little bit of a promotion if we relocated and and we, that's what it took to yeah <laughs> and I didn't know I really had no clue um, what would happen with my um, you know my God-given gifts I didn't know you know of course I would prefer to use them but I was kind of um, starting to do work on like starting a Christmas tree farm <laughs> I really had no clue <laughs> but, wow. um, but we got here and um, uh, so we came for his work, and then I'm just so grateful that the institutions that were, you know, obviously in place here, Maryville College being 200 years this year, um, you know, that, that they put me to use is so, I'm just so appreciative of that. You mentioned your students earlier. Talk to me a little bit about the students that you see here and the experiences that they're having in the theater department at Maryville College. Well, it's awesome, really. Um, I think that this uh, this theater uh, school is for a particular type of person. And perhaps it's a person that is an outlier, somebody who doesn't, uh, who's looking for a unique experience. And when I say unique, you've got instructors that 
number one, and most importantly, will spend quality time with their students. So these are people in general that don't teach narcissistically. They teach empathically, which means you look at a student and take them in for being the unique individual that they are. And then you try to steer them on the path that you think that uniqueness should take them, not on the path that everyone else has to take or that I think they should take, but the unique path. I mean, who, Lenny Lively, who gets to build his own set, write a play with his sister, do you know what I'm saying? And then have a teacher that mentors him through that project. I, I mean, that would not happen. I won't drop any names, but that won't happen at some of these larger institutions. It, it can't happen. Right. So I think the students that seek out the theater department here at Maryville College are looking that recognize to some degree that they are unique and that they kind of might fall between the cracks in some larger, more regulated, restricted environment. One of the things we had Lenny and um, his sister on last week on the podcast, and one of the things they talked about was the way that this is preparing them for the next step, no matter what that is. They felt that the college was doing a very good job preparing them. Would you speak to that a little bit about how it's helping prepare students for what's next in their either their career or further education? Absolutely. Um, they, I think Maryville College as a whole develops individuals as a whole. So you're, you may not see theater graduates that go to New York or L.A., which was the choice for my class from Florida State, which was a much larger school, obviously, than, than here. You basically had a choice, one or the other. But at Maryville College, they're working to complete a full person, you know, um, but I, I can't as speak as well on that on that issue as I can specifically to the playwriting class. Um, in every playwriting class that I taught at Miraville, and we will be doing that for this class as well, um, these 10-minute plays that they're writing are going to be submitted to competitions and publications all over the country. And we have had great success with this in the past because they, they've they written good plays. And um, I think out of my class a couple years ago, we had nine that got into competitions. Uh, Lenny's 10-minute play, which ended up being a 15-minute play, uh, the donkey, I call it the donkey play, ended up being published in an anthology called The Best Short or 30 Short um, Plays for Passionate Actors. Um, all of those things that happen are building a playwright's resume or a theater resume, if you're going to do that. But it builds the resume so that they've got something to talk about before they even leave here. Any interview that they go on, they, you know, they've got this resume and they've already got things. They're prepared. That's right. They have ex- experience, which is what people are looking for, even to get into a graduate school these days. They don't, you know, they're looking for something beyond just the academics. They want real hands-on experience. And the playwriting class gives that to them. So speaking of your playwriting class, they have been inspired by this bicentennial year to do a production in towards the end of April. We'll talk about the details in a minute. Tell us about some of the plays that that will be presented. Well, it's it is a cacophony. It there's a wide variety. There some of them first of all, each student and there's 13 of them. Each one of them is going to have a monologue and each one of them will have a short play 
not specifically 10 minutes, in, but some of them will be 10-minute plays. Uh, it's going to take place April 22nd and 23rd at 8 p.m. Um, you can find that information online. Uh, so each night, the 22nd and the, the 23rd, will have different plays because we have so many students in the class. So there'll be 13 plays in total. The students that go with their short plays on the 22nd will go with their monologues on the 23rd and then vice versa. So every student will be represented in each night, but it'll be all new original work for the theater. So some of those plays are going to be uh, inspired by real experiences that the students have had, even in some cases before they even got to college. Some of them will be addressing the Miraville College experience, um, which we read a couple today and everybody's rolling on the floor. It's it's really funny. I feel so sorry for Mark, the professor <laughs> who has the room next to us because we're quite loud. <laughs> One of the girls was screaming help in the script today and I had to go, shh, because I was afraid somebody was, was going to come in. Yeah, they're way too good for their britches. But um, yeah, so uh, there's a wide variety. Some of them are historical in nature. Uh, some of them go back in time. Uh, one of them is the working title is called The Rule Book uh, and takes place during the 60s when um, they did actually have that rule yes, book. they did. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. But a lot of them are... Um, uh, experiences that they've just had in in life, and uh, some of them address the issues of being bullied, uh, which you know these are all very topical, um, important. You know that we cut right to the chase, and they don't pull any punches with their writing. It's it's they're they're all quite good. What do you think it's like for these students to have access to a facility like the Clayton Center? <laughs> within their grasps right here that they get to perform and rehearse and build sets and what is that's a unique experience for students absolutely they are and i am telling you when i when i was their age i was dead set on being an actor and they can't know as we all know they they can't know what's coming but i can tell you what is coming is that if they're going to pursue a career in the theater, they do have to be well-versed in every area. Makeup, set, costumes, sound, lights. Uh, you know, when I was their age, we had to put in 20 hours in each one of those. And I just thought, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I am a serious actress. <laughs> I am not going to. Little did I know, you know, because I was at that age, 17, 18, 19, where I think you really have it all together. I didn't know, but all of the experience, and I had to do those 20 hours twice because I transferred schools and they made me do them all over again because they needed the man labor or women labor in my case. Uh, I had to do all those hours all over again. But I, I didn't know that when I moved out to LA, I was going to produce and or direct 80 shows. So having all that... Yeah, experience. You, to hire a lighting person, you have to know about lights. And I hired a guy who didn't want it for one show that didn't know what he was doing. And I literally had to go to my friends that owned Angstrom Lighting and rent 30 more instruments and hang them myself and direct them because we had no set. When you have no set, you've got to have good lights <laughs> and really good script and a really good uh, actors. But 
Anyway, so they're they're definitely getting a well-rounded education. And in this facility, I've never seen anything like it, quite honestly. Uh, when I first toured it, I was shown around by, I think it's Robert Hutchins, I think is his name. He toured, brought me backstage. The acoustics alone on that stage when those, you know, wooden doors, it's unbelievable. And not only that, I mean, even the rudimentary stage in the B building and my favorite, favorite, and most playwrights feel this way, the Flex the Black Flex. Theater. I mean, you can do anything in that space. And we have. We have been doing a variety of productions and performances in that space. There is nothing you can't do it. And also, it's a black the- uh, black box is a theater that, it, that you can wrap your arms around. It doesn't intimidate uh, young people. Uh, not that they should be intimidated by anything, but um, it, you know, it's something that they ha- that they can actually do. You can climb up the stairs. You can hang your own lights. You can build your own set. Uh, you know, and in a lot of instances, you have to in a small school like this, and it will end up serving all of these young people that go on. Yeah, it's amazing. And then you've got the Clayton Center, um, you know, the traditional um, theater, which is beautiful, gorgeous, and unlimiting. And this institution continues to grow into the facility. So thank God for the Claytons. What do you hope these students in this playwriting class at the the conclusion of April as we head towards commencement, what do you hope they take away from that experience? Well, this may be a strange answer. It's a given that they're going to learn about playwriting. It's a given that they're going to learn more about theater. Everything that happens in the theater starts from the play. Everything it comes down to the script. And I've done everything almost professionally. Uh, I've done every every aspect of the theater. It all comes back to that script. I think that's why I ended up there. If they can learn about how to write a script, it will help them uh, go deeper into every other area that they may or may not end up in. Um, but that being said, that's a given. I think that the team here at Miraville in the theater department is is leading everybody uh, in a, in a just a great manner. But I uh, maybe to a fault, I emphasize to them the importance of being worth your word. So if you say you're going to show up at some place, you better show up. You know, you may not be feeling the best. Uh, but you're there because I have learned in hindsight now, uh, you know, that all, all you have is your name in the theater as a playwright. All you have is all I have is Lisa Soland. And that name becomes a commodity if I serve it well. So we're talking about the qualities of a good human being. You will be hired because you're a good human being more than you will than that you're talented because you're you know these students are going to move out to possibly if they want to make a living at it they might choose to move to a larger uh, city and when I moved to LA it was a quick recognition that everybody's talented there and the people that are working are mega talented. So to get one up on them, you have to be reliable, you have to be worth your word, and you have to be honest, 
and trustworthy. And another thing that I think is important in today's climate really is that we're not our feelings. Um, I am not my feelings. And uh, but as a playwright, I use those feelings as a tool to write my plays. But if I'm going to be great at what I want to do, I have to be worth my word. I have to learn the craftsmanship. So yes, I understand feelings. I understand the general way to tell a story, but um, I have to be diligent and not give up. I have to be persistent. I have to understand that to get good at something might take time. And that means that you can't give up easily. If some, you know, some of these plays are a little better right out of the start than others doesn't matter. What matters is the rewriting, right? It's the work you put and the willingness and the pliability. You know, um, that's another quality, I think. And I, I acknowledge it in myself. It's very hard because of our human pride to be pliable. But of course, students <laughs> are much more pliable maybe than we are as adults. And they have to be because they're, they have to be a sponge and just be willing to take in and learn as much. Those are the qualities that I look for as a producer. And I still produce today and uh, I still do theater outside of the school. Um, as you mentioned, the Sergeant York um, those are the qualities of the actors that, you know, I look for because you got to be good to work with or who's going to want to work with you. I mean, I hate, I, I hate to bring up names, but Val Kilmer is an example of an actor in Los Angeles that developed a, a reputation of not being easy to work with. Well, <laughs> you know, you reap the results right. of your actions. And those are the things that I think... Uh, will the students will continue to harvest inside of them and be able to apply to their lives beyond Maryville College, regardless of what what they end up doing. And now I'm going to ask you the question that we ask everybody on our podcast. In our bicentennial year, we're lifting up noble, grand, and true. What do those words mean to you? Well, it's uh, it's a great question, and in some ways, if they're not applied to action to actually action, doing something, they feel almost intangible. Um, but I'll tell you, if somebody were to come and visit Maryville College, they would they would look around and meet the students. I remember when I first came, there were young men opening doors for me. And that, that, that didn't happen anywhere else. Um, there's things that they'll notice that go on, the way people treat each other, the acceptance of individuals regardless of who they are or what they are. Um, there's all of those, those three things do actually actualize themselves in this college. And I have to say that's what so excites me about Maryville College and what sets it apart, just like the people they're helping to mold. Um, they're, they're taking young people that, that are attracted to those three qualities that may seem intangible when they first come and visit, but they become very tangible. And you begin, as you get to know the college, you begin to understand why uh, why that you you were attracted and it, it's the individual that acknowledges that those things are important regardless of what's happening in the world on a large scale 
those things will always be important. Um, you know, truth. Uh, what does that mean to me? Uh, tell the truth, especially when it's hard. Uh, be attracted to those who tell the truth. Write plays about the difficulty of some circumstances when telling the truth is difficult. Uh, and and what the price might be if you do tell the truth. You're you know when you come to see the plays on the 22nd and the 23rd, you're going to see plays uh, where these students had the courage to tell the truth about a situation that might not have been. There's one of the plays is about a school shooting. Wow. Uh, two people hide in a closet. That uh, during the shooting. That's all I'm going to tell you, but you're going to have to come and, and see them now. But, you know, uh, the word grand, boy, it totally fits the school, doesn't it? I mean, just looking at the Clayton Center and the Flex Theater, it's um, thinking of the whole as you're executing a portion of the whole, I think, is a skill that can be developed. We, we, we can all develop the ability to be visionaries. And I think the world needs it. Um, we need to see the larger, um, everything we do on a larger scale. Like today in my class, there was a student that wrote a play very specific to Maryville. I won't give you the details, you'll have to come to see it. But I'm like, this play, how do we make this play work anywhere in the country? Yes, we can be specific. You know, just like the movie Turning Point is about a ballerina seeking excellence. But in every field, there are people seeking excellence. So you can tell a story about Miraville College and have it be work on the grand scale of things. So, and yeah, the word noble, you don't hear the word noble that much these days, but it's certainly about what we talked about. You know, what does the name Lisa Solon stand for? <laughs> and when you come into a room and people say, oh, I've heard so much about you. Well, what have they heard? <laughs> it better be, you know, noble. It, it better mean noble, better mean grand. That's, that's yeah. And um, worth your word. Being reliable, those are the things that, uh, for me, that's what this college stands for. Well, Lisa Solon, thank you so much for joining us today. We are very excited for the production uh, April 22nd and 23rd at 8 p.m. at the Clayton Center. There is no charge, and you do not need a ticket ahead of time. You can find more information on the Maryville College website. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Jill Howie Chat is brought to you by the Maryville Fund. The Maryville Fund supports Maryville College's most pressing needs, including student scholarships, library resources, and faculty professional development. Gifts to the Maryville Fund are applied where they will benefit students and faculty in the most significant and immediate ways. That means you can make an immediate impact on the Maryville College experience today by making a safe, secure online donation to the Maryville Fund at maryvillecollege.edu slash give today.